Last time on Good Job Adventures. After making short work of some metal monstrosities, the party investigates the green light, finding some former acquaintances encased in metal. Exploring deeper, they find Dubilius Derricochran himself almost fully engulfed with this metallic infection. Jay regging his flask to absorb the tower's power supply, heat, he manages to rip an exit through the tower itself. Yet awaiting at the other end of this respite, the mindless mage responsible for all of this. Will the party discover the truth behind the madness? Find out on this episode of Good Job Adventures. everybody to this week's episode of good job adventure should be episode 24 uh and we're just going to uh start off where we left off last time as per usual you may hear a constant ticking timer throughout this episode why is that vin doesn't watch any classic tv shows oh uh but let's go ahead and get started so before you all now uh blasto sits down atop a steel throne jagged from misshapen portions of metal that seem to have been hastily put together. His erratic green aura seems to have grown brighter since the last time you've seen him. Wisps of steam are drawn to him from all directions. As they merge with his form, his aura begins to grow, more stable and sickly green. His steel figure, um, that had been clear uh, from your first encounter, is now growing darker as a more cosmic rust seems to be growing off of its core. Speckles like tiny stars move and float around him now in an orbit. Observing the orbit, portions of the starlit speckles seem to strike strings of golden light that appear in and out of view. Small verps can be heard. Uh, Elagos and Aul, you recognize these golden strings as portions of the ethereal plane. At his right hand stands, Fixus Van Corfer, completely covered in steel except one eye that seems to be glowing the same color as the aura. And he begins to speak. Welcome, mortals, to the domain of creation. I have been created to speak to you in place of the master of this domain. Hello, what's your name? I have no name. All right. This is going to be difficult to address one another, then. Then simply call me by my previous form, Fixus. Okay, Van Corfus. You have Fixus? Not entirely, but partially. A little bit of Fixus and a little bit of uh, whatever the fuck. I thought you were going to say a little bit of Fixus by my side. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Fixus number five. Fixus number five, who, who created you? You said you were created? Simply put, your assistance is required. Currently, the being that you all call Blasto... And he motions towards Blasto. You don't get to call him that. <laughs> Blasto is in a state of, one would say, disrepair. And desperately needs to be fixed. Pieces of his being, and his reason for being, are lost within the ethereal plane. Which we are continuously jumping through. 
what is being requested of you is to travel to this plane and to retrieve the blessed steel of Blasto and then return to this realm for him. Does anyone have any idea what the fuck we're- wait, what? You need steel? Wait, why? Who are- I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm gonna- I'm gonna need a little bit more clarification on why you're turning everybody into the Tin Man, which now exists in your universe. And can you stop this? As I, as, uh, I pick up my foot and kind of show him the little metal that's kind of creeping up. I would also like to know. That is what is the state of disrepair. This is not something that is consciously happening. This is something that is unconsciously happening. It is not something that he can control. So you're just accidentally damning people to a eternal existence as metal statues in the way you put it that is correct so you are you're saying you're not blasto i am a creation of blasto then why is he going around blasting people and turning them into metal blasto is attempting to recollect the portions of the steel that were lost within the ethereal plane and also attempting to collect raw materials to perhaps recreate it however that is proving unfruitful. You don't say. Wait, so you want us to collect the steel? Correct. Wouldn't that give him what he wants? Yeah, uh, to be fair, to be entirely honest, Blaster doesn't really seem like a uh, benevolent entity when it comes to um, my friends here yeah. or the people we've interacted with, most of whom are now made of metal. I, for one, do not welcome our new metal overlords. I also do, do not. That is understandable, which is why Blasto has essentially put in something for you. If you are to complete this task for him, the restoration of your lost comrades, as well as an additional reward, will be delivered upon completion. I don't suppose we have any way to guarantee that. You see, fixes number five look around and he says, the guarantee is essentially on word alone. Mm. Uh, Elgos looks back to the party to gauge their I'm doing the shocked Pikachu. So are you saying if we get this metal for you, you'll stop everyone from turning into metal? Yes. Once Blasto has been restored, he can diffuse the energy that is rapidly growing. So if we restore Blasto to full power... Not full power, but full control. Blasto currently is in an erratic state. He is unable to necessarily control all of his powers, which is why there are multiple iterations of Blasto being cast out into the mortal plane to collect both people and raw materials to recreate and or retrieve his portions that he lost. So we're gonna... So he's currently... Uh, never mind. Don't listen to John Peters. He's a bit shocked by what we've just heard. He's my first mate. My name's Captain Wilford Weatherville. Uh, uh, well, I, th I think we can drop the facade. I turn around and say, who are you talking to? It's me. Wait, wait, El Eligos, what are you talking about? That is clearly a sea captain, not a our uh, changeling friend. Yeah, Eligos, I think you're full of ship. <laughs> I agree. Wait, so fixes number five. Why don't you, what? I, why Blasto can't just go in the... You're saying he's projecting versions of himself out. 
why can't the actual version of him just search through the ethereal plane and why can't you why can't like why does it need to be us we cannot materialize within the ethereal plane as tomas prevents us from doing so when we step foot within the ethereal plane we verp out of there oh jesus his entire presence is a curse honestly i'll agree with that well wait the, so then if you get verped when you enter the ethereal plane what what would happen to save me when i go into the ethereal plane and i have a metal foot will my foot get verped no once you enter the ethereal plane your physical form will remain here it is mostly your soul and or being that would be sent there via the spell that we can cast. Uh, yeah, that gets me to another question. So if our physical forms are here, how do we know that we're going that when we come back from the ethereal plane that some of us are not just going to become completely metal? We can reduce the amount of time that it takes for the metal to fully enclose you. Uh, you, you, can, you, you just said you can speed up the process. The reversal of the process is currently beyond our control. Well, you said you could speed up the rate that which it expands on us. Correct. Once a spell has been cast, you can accelerate it as it is essentially another reiteration of said spell. Could we not just cast, like, a remove curse on, our, on ourselves and be done with it? You are welcome to try. I don't think that's gonna work. So, to reassure us that we wouldn't become metal, you said, we don't worry, we can accelerate the spell. No, we can slow down the process, decelerate, you may have misheard me. Yeah, you, you didn't say that. This is, I think, <laughs> maybe we should just agree, yes. I, we're, we're getting off track. How exactly would we acquire what you need in the ethereal plane? We currently do not know the exact location of the Blessed Steel Bars. However, the ethereal plane mimics that of your own. Like the upside down from Stranger Things. Wait, ethereal... something something steel. <laughs> uh... Wait, everybody, something something steel. Because wouldn't uh, Wilhelm... Wouldn't you know something about that? And because didn't it's... we find something? Like, Andy, didn't you find, like, a piece of paper that mentioned steel when we were snooping around that library? I think I did. Hold on. Andy, why are you taking your pants off? <laughs> That's not the steel we want. Uh, since, since it's been a while for us, could we just get DM confirmation that this is the case? Uh, what, what is it that you want to know? So, uh, did I read something about this ephemeral or elemental steel bar... Uh, you've read about the Blessed Steel, correct? So he would be able to identify it from sight? Uh, you, I mean, you don't know what it looks like based on the description that you have, but you know, if you kind of pull out the piece of paper, uh, and when you look at the piece of paper, you see it says, three Blessed Steel bars, one emerald, and any transmutation spell cast on the combination of the materials. And then you can read the rest of it and it is the incantation for the spell of the item that tomas verb had created so, so uh, yeah guys this is just a recipe that says we need the steel bars no clues as to what they might look like nope the hmm. steel bars you are looking for are well steel bars they're none too oddly looking or misplaced but 
in the ethereal plane, there are different ways of telling if an item is enchanted or not. If you wanted to look for these, these steel bars that you would want would be... So what's so special about these steel bars? Who blessed them? The steel bars have been enchanted. By? A, a high-level enchantment spell. Oh, no, I was leaving. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Just kidding. Continue. <laughs> they're, they're enchanted by a high-level bless spell. So there's there's got to be some way of visually identifying that these steel bars are the ones we're looking for. Because ethereal plane or no, we are kind of in a center of industry here. It's going to be like looking for a needle in a stack of needles. Yes, these bars would be enchanted and they would be colored purple within the ethereal plane as you would be able to see the different traces of magic surrounding it. All right, that is helpful. Well, I... What does everyone else think? We have no other answers right now or any other leads, and I kind of want to get this stuff off me, so... Your pants? <laughs> Could I just take a moment out for a second to ask what um, their d- dubious Eric Cochran said last time? The goal, like he said, we could stop all this from happening with like heat or something? Uh, yeah, so you recall that dubious Eric Cochran has understood that the tower is collecting energy, but to what ends and means that is, he is unsure. This gentleman has explained to you that Blasto currently does not remember his purpose and has lost control of himself due to missing items within the ethereal plane. Okay. I wasn't sure if they were, like, opposites of each other. Like, do we, like, use heat to defeat Blasto or get uh, metal for Blasto to calm him down? I wasn't sure. I think we should just accept it. I mean, we got no other options. We're in the tower. I don't know how we get out. Seems like our back's against the wall, so to speak. Ship against the waves. Aye, Captain. No, you're not the Captain. Don't get ahead of yourself. You're good, but you're not the... We accept. Me and my first mate. Do you three? Scallywags? Eh, shorter. Welcome aboard. At, at this point, Mitzi will speak up. I would prefer not to do this. May I elect... May I opt out? Uh, would you actually just be able to watch over us in case these metal people try to do something suspicious with us? That sounds fair. Yeah, I could do that. Then there you go. Because I was wor- I was a little worried about that, actually. Like, you know, if we all went, they could do literally anything because we're having an out-of-body experience. It, you, it sounds like your mind's headed to a dark place. <laughs> well, I didn't mean it that way. They could do anything to me, and I'd be completely helpless. Oh no! <laughs> I'm, I mean, he could, he could just be concerned at the possibility of someone steal, stealing our stuff. Oh jeez, Redwood, you seem almost excited by the prospect. Cross my heart, they won't steal your stuff or turn you to metal. I mean, I, well, I, I guess I couldn't really stop them from turning you to metal, but I'll give it my damnedest. You don't need to make Redwood a metal to make him hard. Anyway, let's continue. Who's Breathweaver? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Captain? An old enemy. You see that at this point, Fixus will give a nod to Blasto. And he raises his metallic hand, and you can hear the joints of his body begin to creak and moan as he points his finger towards you all. Are we sure that the moaning is coming from Blasto? Yes. 
Oh my god. From above you, a small orange portal begins to appear. And as you, uh, as you peer into it, you can see strands of gold that were in this room beforehand begin to take form and resemble the main hall of Van Corfer Enterprises. And then, just like that, you're all there. You appear like wisps of gray energy, but for a brief moment, you each glow a bright blue, which immediately subsides. Everyone looks as if they've entered some sort of grayscale universe. Their flesh is gray, their eyes are gray, your gear is gray. However, it seems that Prey's gold standard is still golden, like it is here in the ethereal plane. So essentially, you are all gray, surrounded by golden material. Uh, uh, I've gone gray. How many shades of gray would you say there are? Tell shut the uh, fuck up. <laughs> fuck you. Elagos is going to start looking around for uh, anything that's uh, purple, uh, glowy. Okay. So when you take a look around, just roll a perception check. Ooh, that's not good. That is a three. All you see is that you were in the main hall uh, that you were in where Blasto had pretty much made his first appearance. Uh, and you can see the scar that he's made that carves out into the room. Uh, you, you take a closer look around, you just see Garfieri's cart, and Zoloft seems to still be relaxing on his divan, but you do not see anything of note. All right, I will, I will attempt to perceive. Uh, I open my eyes wide, and I'm just stalling for me to open my character sheet up. Um, <laughs> and my big gray eyes bulge outwards, mm-hmm. and I scream, Land Ho! Um, um, nine... A 15. Okay. Does that whole land? So, yes. You see, like, there is a myriad of magic in the air. You can see uh, from a white sort of glow coming from Garfieri's truck, and then, uh, or a cart, really. And then you can also see a dark black magical energy coming from Zoloff the Moodbreaker's cronies. Uh, would we possibly be able to get to Tomas's office? Because he might have something stored there. The steel, you think? Yeah. But where the shot? I don't think there'd be any steel in this convention center. The other place we could check is the vault, if the his office doesn't have anything. True. That's True. All, another good idea, too. I think Anna may be on to something. Tomas is the most likely to have the steel, right? Yeah, he would have the steel since he was making those items. Yeah. And if he's the one who put a curse on them, he clearly... All right, I think we should go check that out. All right, let's go. Okay, so you guys head out uh, to go towards the hangar uh, where Tomas's office is. As you get to the hangar door, uh, you pretty much stop as you're actually unable to interact with the door uh, at the current moment since you are in the ethereal plane. Uh, Vin, we're, we're like ghosts right now, right? Mm-hmm. I go around the door and walk through the wall. Uh, you attempt to walk through the wall, uh, but you actually do collide with it. Oh, so we're not like ghosts then. I feel misled. Slightly. Do I help someone start molding some clay into a vase or something? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> you do not. So do you think we should try the vault? Uh, so the things that are on our person are are completely gray and kind of invisible to to if anything was in this plane with us, right? Correct. Except you all notice that the golden standard pin that you all have and 
since you guys, I don't think, ever ditched it, is on you, is golden like the ethereal plane. Didn't we get that in a simulation, though? Mm-hmm. That's correct. A handful of things from the simulation carried over into reality through 3D printing. All right, stop reading off the Wikipedia. <laughs> Can I roll Arcana on the pin? Mm-hmm. Sure. Can I roll Arcana on the door? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> uh, oh, I only got a nine. I got a 19. What the fuck? All right, so you look at the pin. You're unable to denote anything specifically magic about it at the moment, but Elagos, you know that, well, or are able to determine that this door is suited within the physical plane and that you are currently within the ethereal plane. You believe that something that may cross that barrier would be helpful in order for you to, um, in order for you to interact with objects. I am going to take off my pin and see, I press it against the door and see if I could use it to, like, push the door open. Merlon. <laughs> I, you, <laughs> wait, hold up. That actually, that was not what I was thinking, but that actually works. Uh, you're able to successfully, you're, you're actually successfully able to open the door by using it. It requires, like, a decent amount of finesse and force as you're opening the door with the pin, uh, but you are able to interact with that uh, that ethereal version of the door. I thought I said melon, and someone in like the actual material plane heard me, and they're like, "Ooh, melon delivery! Open up the door!" <laughs> <laughs> you're able to use the push pin to successfully open the. That was, yeah, actually no, no meme inspiration. That. That is not at all what I thought was going to happen, but technically you're right with my rules. But yeah, you're able to open up the door. I'm gonna, can I get that in writing? I, it doesn't matter, it's recorded. So you open up the door into the hangar and you're able to see inside of this room two distinct colors uh, of magic strings that you're able to see through the ethereal plane that is currently building it. Uh, you're able to see that there is a decent amount of green energy in here, uh, which uh, you're unable. You currently do not know what type of magic that would be, unless you want to make a speculation. Didn't Blasto use green energy? His rays. He was blasting. Yeah, I mean, it was like a fresh head of lettuce or something. It was that just disgustingly green? You you can roll an Arcana check, uh, Ander, just to see since you since you are like, I guess the learned mage. I'll allow you to determine and see if you know what those colors would be. Twenty five. Okay. Uh, so here you go. Uh, conjuration magic is orange. Necromancy is black. Evocation magic is red. Abjuration magic is white. Transmutation magic is green. Divination magic is blue. Enchantment magic is purple. And illusion magic is magenta. So as you are able to look around this room, you see that there is green strands of magic here, which you can tell is related to transmutation. And across the floor, you're able to see blue traces of blue magic tracing out into what seems to be a magical circle. Okay, guys, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting something. So there was definitely some transmutation and divination magic here. I think what probably happened based on that recipe that I found in, in on the physical plane, this is where he already had cast the spell. So we don't, so the blessed steel bars aren't going to be here because the spell was already cast. Well, then where would they be? So... If you guys take a quick look around, you're actually able to see that there is green trails and wisps of blue energy also leading out of this place that you could follow, 
but you can warrant further investigation inside of the hangar if you'd like. I'll just follow the energy. Okay. I, I was going to say, like, maybe he keeps a record of where he keeps uh, the rest, but sure, let's go. Do you let's think you'd be able to interact with a book? That's a fair point. I don't have enough pins. <laughs> if we combine all our pins and touch them together, we summon... By your pins combined, <laughs> I am dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh... But, uh, Elagos, you actually do notice something in this room, uh, just of note. As I had mentioned previously, there is traces of that blue magic, uh, spread across the floor inside of a magical circle. You notice that this magical circle is incredibly similar to that of the one in which you saw in your vision inside of the vault on floor 100. This looks familiar. What's it look familiar to, Elagos? I don't know. I just, I feel like I've seen it somewhere. Good enough for me. Let's go. G going forward, you guys are able to find the trail of the green magic over towards the vault. Uh, where you guys had said that you wanted to check earlier. However, you are able to see that the strands of blue magic are also leading into the vault, as well as stretching out into other places within the compound. I feel like the green magic maybe the most important. Yeah, because uh, at least for the green magic, it's transmutation, meaning... That was used to create the, the blessed steel bars. I need a transmutation, right? Well, wait, well, wait. Weren't the steel bars supposed to be purple? They were supposed to be purple, but because of the actual spell that was on that sheet that required the steel bars anyway was a transmutation spell. Ah, uh, okay. I understand. All right, so you are all now in front of the vault, uh, which you see the door is closed. I do my pin trick. All right, so I actually want you to roll a strength check as you're attempting to push open a large wooden door with a small What was pin. the other door made of? It was a much smaller door. Uh, also, it was made I'm going to just take, I'm gonna take my pin off and try to help him. I will take my pin off. You have advantage. I'm not trying to help. I'm just taking my knife. <laughs> okay. okay. You, you have disadvantage now. This, this is a strength check? Uh, yes. You have advantage on a, on a straight strength check. All right. That was an 11. And that is a 21. You're able to successfully uh, push open the door slightly, and then which would warrant enough room for the rest of you to slip through. So as you all enter the vault, you will see that there are swirls of actually magenta, colored magic inside of this room uh, as you see far more switches and levers and contraptions inside of this room uh, you're able to see uh, the mirrors uh, in, uh, enlisted in, in a gold light but there are a lot of things in here uh, that are uh, hued in a magenta light guys this is gonna be illusion magic keep an eye out okay all right so you're able to <laughs> see switches littered throughout this room uh, in different locations, and you currently cannot see the elevator contraption uh, as of yet. So what what are you going to attempt to do in this room? I'm going to uh, look up at the ceiling mirror to see if um, the switch can still be seen. You are able to look back up at the mirror, and peering into the mirror that's on the ceiling, you can see there are many switches that are now visible to you as you essentially gain the benefit of true sight while being inside of this plane. 
It's been a while since I've seen so many switches. Everyone's out of stock nowadays. I hate you. John Peters, you solved this puzzle the first time. Why don't you solve it now? Ba back up your, your puzzle solving skills. Uh, could you go over it one more time for me, Ben? Uh, so there are a bunch of switches in this room. As previously known, the actual layout of this room is a puzzle that changes every day. You're still on the same current day. However, now you can see so many switches that you don't currently remember which one was the switch that you used before. Uh, everyone, everyone look up and start trying to interact with switches. Maybe we find one that we can't interact with that's on the physical plane. Wasn't, like, the switch that Breath Weaver used in, like, the back right of the room or, like, the back right corner or something? You do look up and you are able to see, uh, that there is a switch there. I'll do that one. Surprisingly, you are able to actually interact with this magenta switch, uh, and you do see that the elevator is able to come up. Good idea, Legos. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't what I thought would happen, but it worked. Never leave a first mate to do a captain's job. <laughs> so as you guys stand near the elevator, you notice that it is also made out of that same golden material. Uh, so what would you like to do? You think that per this is a completely unrelated. I just had it come to me. You think that prey was part of... I guess the color is gold, but do you think that Prey was part of the Silver Blaze? Seemed like Fixus might have been, and they're using the same special materials. That is entirely possible. Uh, I, I want you to roll... Actually, in this instance, we'll use Ander. Uh, Ander, roll a history check. Okie dokie. Uh, eight. Uh, it could be possible, but I'm not completely sure on the details. I think yeah, maybe we'll find some answers if we go down deeper into the vault. Uh, definitely. We could try the same floor that we saw last time. We could. Floor 100? Put 111 in. Yeah, that did look... Look at that. Yeah, let's try that one. It looked like we, it... Sucked. We, we could just put 100 in. We know that there are only 100 floors. And we could stop at floor 69 on the way down. Oh, we didn't get to do that. Breathweaver, you dog. Well, uh, I'm entering 069. I'm so happy you put the zero in there. Okay, yes. So you, you, but, uh, you, you're able to put in floor 69, and I hope that you all know that I hate each and every single one of you for me to have to fucking make floor 69 here. Like you didn't know this was going to happen. The elevator begins to descend. You have a few moments to talk amongst yourselves. So, Wilhelm, what do you think is going to be behind door 69? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did that voice. I have no idea. <laughs> Goblets? <laughs> Don't get his hopes up. Do, do you mean goblet or goblin? Because I heard goblet like a cup. The goblin of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put your name in the goblin of fire? What'd you put in the goblin of fire, Wilhelm? What? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Elagos? What are you hoping is behind door 69? Uh, the answer to everything that we've been looking for. But that's 42. <laughs> Fair. Which is six times nine, so uh, oh that would make sense. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is that reference to? 42 is the reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know, but I don't know what the six times nine equals 42 is. It's the book two of the series. Um, the answer, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it. The answer that they determined was, what do you get when you multiply six times nine? But that You, you get 36. No, you get 42. You get 54. Also, yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> Plumba. Plumba. I majored in math. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were making another reference. Oh my fucking god. Um, and then I think there's a joke after they say that, that they go, I thought there was something fundamentally wrong with the universe. <laughs> That's a good joke. And while it's taken this long for you all to get to floor 69, uh, you now are able to arrive after not discussing anything related to, to the actual... All right, whatever. Contents of floor 69. What do you arrive. You did. I, I don't. You're right. I, I have too much to expect from you. But you arrive on floor 69, and what you're able to see is this is a essentially another library, uh, but it also seems to have certain artifacts listed uh, listed there uh, and appear, appearing within this place. You're able to see there are uh, certain magical items. You're able to see some of them that are glowing red. Some of them that are glowing orange. Uh, there are, uh, seems to be some war horns down here. There are whips. Uh, and there are a couple of other... Um, it seems to be like support items. Uh, or items that ha that serve an additional purpose. Uh, you're, you're able to see those different shades of magics. However, everything is currently in the golden state of the ethereal plane. And you currently would not be able to interact with them physically uh, without those pushpins. How many more turns does this golden age last? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, is this just like a carryover of the references from the previous episode just to make me mad or something? Or like, yes. Are you just really good at it? I mean, everything it? we do is to make you mad, but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean it's a carryover. Um, do any of the items jump out as something we should look into? Uh, n you're able to see that there is one item that seems to be fairly interesting. Uh, it is a actually a uh, orange horn, uh, an orange uh, war horn that is uh, placed here. Uh, that seems to be of note. It seems to be on like a pedestal towards the center of the room. I will walk up to it and blow. Careful, orange is conjuration. Yeah, we might summon something we don't want. Or what if we summon something we do want? Oh, is that? Are you are you ready to take that risk? Because I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm also not ready to take that risk. What about you, John Peters? I'm kind of getting it back into the little elevator shaft. John Peters is a master of risk-taking. <laughs> this is true! As I poke the orange thing. Alright, so you try to poke the orange thing, but you're unable to actually touch it. See? Nothing went wrong. And uh, I, I may have missed it, but there's nothing like purple in this room, correct? There is nothing purple in this room. Well, this is disappointing. Try blowing into the horn. I, Elagos is heading back for the elevator. So, Aul, uh, I want you to actually roll an arcana check for me. Yeah, alright. Oh, it fell off the table. Oh, I got an at 20! <laughs> you think that you may have found a solution to your interacting with objects problem, as you remember that you do have the spell Mage Hand. Oh, wait, actually, I have an idea. Everyone's leaving because they don't want me to touch the horn. And then I'm like, all right, all right, I won't touch the horn. And then as I say that, you just see a hand fly out from, like, my pocket. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? What are you doing? And then it just touches the horn. All right, so you're <laughs> able to interact with the horn. Uh, and you're you're able to successfully pick it up. The hand is also the same color. It is, it is golden, but it is also uh, orange, as that is also conjuration magic. Oh, yeah, that's... A Perfect idea. And I'm gonna cast Mage Hand as well, so we have now a set of two hands. Okay. Why are you doing this? Everyone put your hand down. Well, well, Elagos, this will allow us to interact with things. 
Yes, I'm, I'm aware, but why do you want to interact with this horn specifically? Oh, no, no, I just summon the hand in case we'll need him later. And I'm currently patting the hand. Why are you petting our mage hand? Hmm? Why are you petting our mage hand? Because? I think we might be able to interact with the colors based on what kind of spell we have active. If you know what I mean. Uh, I, I, I don't. So like that orange horn can be interacted by orange objects. I'm gonna command my mage hand to pick up one of the red items in this room. Okay, so you look to go and find a red item and you find a scroll uh, and you are able to interact with it. Never mind. Take that. Yeah, guys, let's just get going. I want to try to blow into the horn. Oh, no. Okay, uh, so as you blow into the horn, uh, since you technically are able to establish semi-permanence by holding it with a mage hand and blowing into it, you're able to actually successfully blow into said horn. Once you do so... Uh, you're able to see about 10 goblins uh, summoned within the material plane. Oh, I recognize this horn. I think it belonged to someone named Einzul Gone. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> what is that? I don't... It's an overlord reference. <laughs> Wilhelm, Wilhelm, look away. Wilhelm, do you even recognize any of these? He's looking at the goblins and just sheer awe and curiosity at how this horn just conjured a group of goblins you want this horn we can take it this could i'll take the horn for wilhelm it could come in handy later i gotta say for floor 69 this was mildly disappointing what did what what did you expect it usually what? is zelagos it usually is <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic i'm sorry Harris, whatever the fuck you just said, I didn't hear because of all these. Breathweaver gets inspiration. <laughs> Who just got inspiration? You did. You did. Nice. Wait, what did Corley say? I'm I'm confused. You'll just have to re-listen to it. <laughs> so you're able to see these goblins there in the material plane, but they seem to not be able to notice you. Uh, but they are looking at the horn. Um, that's about all you can notice as of as of now. I have an idea. Could could someone t try and pick up the horn and like see if the goblins will follow it? I'm gonna have my mage hand spank one of the goblins. That's that's not what the suggestion was. You you you're able to uh, successfully interact with the goblin by smacking it with your mage hand. Uh, I'm gonna grab the horn and move my mage hand to another part of the room and see if they follow. The goblins do follow it. Oh, well, this will get interesting. I don't like how you said that. And then I'm going to bring my mage hand to, to me, and I'm close to the elevator. All right, they move towards the elevator. All right, let's, uh, let's try another floor. Yep, and they're coming with us. Probably floor 100 now, yeah. Uh, you see that as you get back into this, uh, into this elevator, the green, the blue, and now you're able to see traces of uh, purple energy are sort of coming down from further below. Oh, I see I see purple. I see London. I see France. Alright, you guys are now in the elevator with your far away fra <laughs> God damn it. A group of goblins. I can't say it. I believe the collective noun of goblins is a 4chan of goblins. <laughs> you, the elevator begins to descend as you key in floor 100. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, and 
you guys can well actually no you're only going from floor 69 so you're able to get there uh fa fairly quickly and once you get down to the hundredth floor you're able to see that the door to floor 100 has actually been severely damaged uh since you've last been here uh you can see that there is a faint white aura that has been surrounding the room uh which seems to have been cracked by broken threads of green and blue energy as well as you can see that there is some form of um purple energy coming from within the room but you can see cracks and sort of holes inside of this white aura that surrounds the room are we able to peek through the holes uh so the holes are strictly within the white aura the door simply seems to be battered but you there are no actual holes within the door so we can peek through the holes but we just see door yes okay um I guess people with mage hands can try to open the door. Weren't there amulets involved or something? Oh, right. Do we still need those? Uh, you can see that the amulets are uh, hanging by the door. What color are the amulets? Uh, one second. Ben's <laughs> uh... slowly typing out the word blue into his Google Doc. Yo, listen up, here's the story. About a little guy who wears a blue amulet. And all day and all night. I don't think we need it because uh, we're not on the right plane, but I mean, maybe the goblins need it. Ooh. But it, the door might still not open unless we're wearing them. Fuck the goblins. Don't fuck the goblins. You're able to see that the amulets are currently glowing blue. One of them is, one of them is not glowing whatsoever. That might have been the one I broke earlier. Yeah, so there's one. the one not glowing won't give the goblins any protection. As for whether we need the amulets, I'm not quite sure about that. Be mostly because I don't know what Elogo saw when he broke his. Uh, well, there, there were more, if I remember, there were more amulets than we needed yes. the first time. Mm -hmm. There are. Uh, is there a way to de-summon the goblins? Like, could you try sucking on the horn? Get your mind out of the gutter, Elagos. How else would you do it? My mage hand's gonna give the horn to, El to owls. You do this, not me. Why? You already summoned them, so... I was- it was a gift for Wilhelm! Wilhelm suck. <laughs> so, you pass the- you pass the <laughs> horn to Wilhelm. Well, well wait, how, how can Wilhelm hold onto the horn if- I have it in my mage hand. I kind of do like a-, a an airplane sound as I start pushing the hand- <laughs> my mage hand help horn into his mouth. Are you gonna suck Wilhelm? <laughs> Did you ever think someone would ask you that question? <laughs> I'm so sorry. They made me do it. I know they didn't. No, they didn't. With the with the this magical horn being shoved into Wilhelm's mouth, he just he just looks really confused above or more than anything anything else. Suck. Out of character. I'm not gonna try and like simulate the whatever whatever muffling would. Whatever muffling would come from, from me if there were shit in my mouth, so I'm just gonna not respond. <laughs> Alright, but you do it though, right? What? Suck? D no. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> so then you, it's just in your mouth, but nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. So you open your mouth for the horn to get in, but you're not <laughs> gonna suck. Alright, give me that, and I'm gonna. My mate chance is gonna grab the horn, and I'm just gonna stuck in all right the goblins are able to be de-summoned and i hate oh god all do they you. slowly go back into the horn like super slowly and one's like screaming <laughs> so i was right <laughs> yes you were correct what does the horn look like 
Uh, it literally looks like uh, just like a an orange warhorn, almost if like if it was made out of like a tusk. So does it look something like this? Harris just sent a dick pic. Yes, okay. yes, it really does. It's it does look like the Horn of Heaven Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> I know what I posted on the Twitter. <laughs> All right, so you guys are able to you you're able to see the door. You're able to see the amulets. What are you gonna do now? My mage hand is gonna uh, take those and then give them to all of them. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to like hold on to mine with the pin, like hang it from like the prickly part, hope hoping that that still counts. Okay, you're able to do that, and then once you are there, uh, you're able to. The door successfully is able to give purchase, and as you enter this room, you're able to see a few things. One, it looks exactly the same as it did before. Two. You're able to see in scattered portions of the room that you were unable to see before, there are three uh, metal bars, uh, like uh, kind of glowing purple. And then standing in the middle of the room uh, is a blue being uh, that is faceless. And it is standing in front of the dire mirror uh, that is located towards the center of the room. And it turns to you. And its faceless form seems to twist and contort until it resembles that of a smile. Oh god, the blue man group. Thanks for listening to this episode of Good Job Adventures. If you like what you just heard, be sure to let us know by rating the podcast on your preferred listening platform. For questions about the cast, business inquiries, contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at gjadventures. Be sure to tell your friends about us, or your enemies, we're not picky. Thanks again. See you next time.